0: and you are worthy for the future that's waiting for you. I want you to feel fulfilled and find abundance in your life. I think it's time, and I'm ready to help you get started. Now, I'm your host, Kristen, of Building a Life You Love. And each week on the show, we're going to help you figure out how you do go after your dreams and find work you love. Here we go. Let's get started. I am excited that on the show today, I get to talk about creativity with my guest. We get to talk about how creativity is being a maker, a creator, and being adaptable, you know, using what's around us as humans. We really are very uh, intuitive and we're very resourceful. So I think it's a great conversation and I hope it puts creativity in a new perspective for you that you can use in your own life and go and do and see that you're doing amazing things. Hi, today on the show, I would like to welcome Steve Plume to the show. He is a therapist. He is worked in social services um, most of his career. He, has, he is the podcast host of Kites and Strings and he's also a m- musician. I would like to welcome Steve to the show today. Welcome Hi. Steve.
1: Hi Kristen, how you doing?
0: I am great and I am looking for this conversation because one of my favorite things in the whole world to talk about is creativity, imagination, and curiosity. So I am excited Excellent. for this conversation.
1: Excellent. So, I, I, me okay. too. I, I'm, I'm all about that Creativity thing—that's what kites and strings is all. Kites and strings is all about. So,
0: absolutely, I love it. I love that you guys are covering that um, that big and broad and wonderful topic. Mm-hmm. So, can you start off by telling us a little bit about your backstory and your journey and what led you to all the things you have going on at this point?
1: Oh, it's hard to—it's hard to pinpoint where it all started. I will, you know, it's kind of—it's interesting. I mean, I grew up pretty pretty darn blue collar and in pretty modest um, up, upbringing. Neither of my parents were in the arts nobody around me was really in the arts nobody i was first, i'm first generation college so that that in and of itself is was a big thing for me to kind of jump into um certainly my parents supported that and they wanted to see me go off to school and i think my dad probably would have but you know things like life and kids and all that type of stuff popped up and and that didn't happen for him so he was really supportive of it and i think it really it really helped me get the sense of what it would be like to enter into something new. Right. This, and, and I remember having those experiences and thoughts as I walked, you know, about the the college campus and thinking about how cool this was that I was doing this and how cool it was that my parents supported it. So that was, the, I guess, the first thing I I'm well, one of the first things I think of, um, when I think about what got me into this and as far as like where I went with college, I, I knew I could draw, right. That was something I knew as a kid, I could, everybody looked over my shoulders and, and saw oh, that's really cool. Look at you can draw. And, and that was my thing. Um, but I also had a very practical upbringing and I didn't want to just go to school for art. And, you know, I mean, unless I wanted to eat ketchup soup for the rest of my life and, yeah. And at that point, I learned of something called art therapy, which a lot of people know. And, um, and I heard that. I thought, oh, it's like the coolness of art, but I'm going to make so much money being a therapist, an art therapist. Little did I know that's not the reality. You know, I had these envisions of, you know, a marble desk in some high rise in Chicago or something like that. So I kind of fell backwards into that whole world. And, but it got me into social services and it got me into working predominantly with child welfare. And and I did that for a long time, which was not really the it certainly wasn't the the sense of like, yes, I'm doing creative stuff here. I was an art therapist and I found in those positions that there's a lot of room for the art. I learned that um, you know, I, there's a lot of people that will say, like in doing therapy, is it art or is it science? And I'm going to say it's as uh, it's quite a bit art. There's certainly a scientific component to it, but I really liked the art piece. I liked the creative piece. I liked thinking of, I liked the intuitive part and in connecting with people. Um, and I liked, as I got into the, the my Positions a little bit more as a supervisor and a director. I liked creating programs. I liked coming up with this type of group or this type of format or whatever. So I I knew I, I always had the sense of what that creative feeling felt like because mm-hmm. I had done it as an artist. I also had played guitar, you know, so not, you know, okay, guitarist. So I always knew what that feeling felt like. Yeah. Right, that sense of I like, sometimes. People recognize it as like, it's like when they're in the zone, right? When they're in the zone and they're thinking or that time where those times where it's like you, you can't wait for the weekend or you can't wait to get up in the morning because you have this thing that you're working on or that thing that you're doing and you look up and you see that it's 2am and you completely lost track of time. I, I really have enjoyed having those types of experiences kind of pop up all over the place in my life, whether it was work or whether it was in something I was creating art-wise at home or whether it was music I was doing. So I don't, I don't know if that's an origin story or if it's just a bunch of rambling about stuff that, that, you know, seems to be related at some level.
0: No, I think that's good. It gives us a little, you know, insight into sort of, you know, some things about you that I think Really, kind of frame the conversation, and so I mm-hmm. think it was perfect. Cool. So let's see. The first thing is, you know, I guess you said it was May about May twenty twenty, you started this new podcast. You know, you yeah. and uh and someone you know. Yeah. Can you tell us? So what I love is that you continue to iterate and do new things. Whether, like you said, it was being a director in your full time gig where you came up with new programs to help these kids, or whether it's you know doing the nonprofit stuff you've started, mm-hmm. or starting this podcast. So yeah. First of all, I love that you're
1: always doing things. I'm always doing something. And I think that that's something, maybe it's the little bit of the ADD in me. I'm not sure, but I, I always like to have something cooking. And when I, certainly the podcast is one thing. And I don't want to say Catherine, Catherine Chinock, the person I do the podcast with is somebody that I hired out of grad school in a position. She's also a therapist, art therapist, and and she's great. And I remember, talking with her very early on. And she and a partner at the time had an idea. Mm-hmm. And I, we called it like a shower idea. Mm-hmm. Said, that idea you get in the shower, it's like, gosh, it would be cool to do this. Yeah. Um, and it was they were going to create rainbow flag labels for bottled water. They lived in Boys Town in Chicago, and they were going to market and sell this water in, in that, those neighborhoods. And whether they made a lot of money on it or not, I don't think they did, but I always marveled at the idea that they just did it right, right. They took that shower thought and went with it and and I always thought, you know and, and again this was this was probably twenty years ago now um and I looked back at moments when I've done that, mm-hmm. and I kind of made it a point you know it's like, well, why not do something if you have that thought right um so, because I had I've had some success already in that area. I've I you know whether it's programs, whether it's creating this you know in one of the positions I had, we created a training program you know in in the field and and you know again was it hugely successful? No, but at the end of the day, it was still something that we created and I kind of helped drive. Um, so. I like that idea of venturing into something that I don't know. Yeah. You know, I started a not-for-profit back in, I guess it was 2011 that I, I did that. In fact, it was funny because it was on November 11th in 2011. And the first meeting with, with, was with 11 kids. <laughs> and, and you know, so I remember all these 11s. Um, and it was, it was called the Theater and Arts Leadership Council. Council was spelt with a K. So it spelt out the words talk. And it was kind of about this. It was like helping kids recognize that they have a creative bent. It's like, well, what what would you like to do with that? And we'd hear kids say, "Well, I want to do a concert." We'll say, "Well, let's figure out how you do that." Or, "I want to do a, a poetry slam." Or, "I want to do an art show."
0: Yeah. And
1: we would help them do that. And I and I I guess I started that simply um, because I I found myself doing it often. And because I had sort of that idea from, like I said, even Catherine's experience um, with the bottled water, and um, and then that's what kind of bore into the podcast. You know, the the I've had the idea this kites and strings concept, and and the, the idea, and it came out of when I was doing a lot of counseling and therapy. When I'd work with a couple, I'd always ask, "Well, who's the kite and who's the string?" Right? There's typically somebody that was the kite that was kind of flitting around and, and doing the fun, you know, goofy stuff. And then somebody that felt like the string, right. That was the one that made sure the bills were paid and make sure this and that was taken care of and that there was always a tension there. Right. Right. It it was needed. Right. Otherwise this system would not have worked. Right. You know, without the kite or without the string, the kite would be in the trees somewhere. And without the, the the kite, the string would be just lying on the ground, not really being its best self. Right. So that idea, that concept had always kind of been with me. I, I, I Like I said, that must have come to me 20, 25 years ago in a, in a therapy session It just happened to be a, a metaphor that seemed to work and it stuck. Yeah. And then, you know, I've applied it to the idea of the arts, right? People right. that have that creative bent within themselves, but they always feel grounded, like they can't do that. Um, and that idea had been kind of building and building in me and it, it was just like okay where do i get this how do i get this out there and and that's when you know somewhere some i was already listening to podcast and and yeah. i thought well how hard could it be to do a podcast right right i bet i can make that happen i mean i have this thought that other people do it you don't need some superpower there's other people that just figure they know how to pound buttons on a computer until they get to the right place right and then the first person I called was Catherine who I had also known through social media that she was involved in a lot of circus arts and she always seemed to be quite literally throwing herself into creative ventures and she said yeah and and that's where it started we we just you know we we jumped in and and we've been doing it now for a year and a half and love it and we'll continue to do it so Ah.
0: So good. So a couple things I want to point out there. First, kudos to you because while while you said that, like for instance, that one program you gave an example of, while it might have been not measured as successful as maybe in your mind you hoped it would be one day, I can tell you that just with working with all the kids you're working with and the people that work with kids, that you're obviously making a great impact and how lucky your community is to have you doing that work because I think it's so important, especially for somebody that doesn't let The harshness of that, you know, the welfare, the child welfare, and the social services crush them to be brutally honest, right? And to kind of have that, you have the the inspiration about you, have that creativity, and you have that, you're tapped into these things about yourself and about other people. Mm -hmm. One, I just want to point that out that I think, you know, the amount of people you obviously have already impacted, I think is just amazing. So, you you know, thank you for that because I think it's just a beautiful thing. And the other thing is I do love that you continue, that, that one, once you learned how to tap into like, okay, this might seem a little, I don't know how, it's a little scary, but then realizing like, but if I just get past that, like, I don't know how to do it, but if I step into this, on the other side, there's always this great thing, right? You learn mm-hmm. something, you you have like another creative inspiration, and then you also hold held on to those creative ideas. And I do too, and creative people do. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about that. I think all people are creative. I think we just don't, we don't use that muscle, right? We don't exactly. use that muscle enough. And so I love that you, have for your whole life, pretty much, you've been able to keep developing those muscles and you're helping other people do it. And so that's one thing I want to talk about is how do we, how do we get other people that say, you know, we said this before the, we started recording. Some people say like, oh, I'm not creative. And actually a lot of that happens from our messages we hear when we're young. It happens in school. We think we're artists when we're five, but then by six and seven and eight, right? They have the data out there. We don't think we're artists Mm -hmm. anymore. So how can we help those people tap into that that creative um muscle you know that thing in us that we have, mm-hmm. and then how do we start something new, like even when we're afraid or we're not sure?
1: yeah, you know I think a couple things I will go back sure. i I had been in social services for twenty five plus years i'm I'm technically not in it any longer. I did go and do private practice and stuff like that, and that even when I was in private in social services working full time and all that. I still always, I had a band and I did all sorts of things on the side that kept me kept me fresh. Yeah. I was building my practice, private practice as well, you know, so that was a creative venture in and of itself. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm not doing that and, and what I do now is I consult and I do trainings for the state of Illinois. So I train other professionals in therapy. So I'm still sort of in those individuals that work in social services. So I'm sort of still in the world, but not directly in that world. Yeah. Still, I made it a point, and I thought it was important to keep those creative things alive. Yeah. And whether it was, like I said, I, I used to do a lot of clay and, and visual arts that transformed into me doing music a lot more. I found that I was a much more social person than than what sitting in my basement playing with dirt. Allowed, you know, essentially when yeah. I was doing play. Um, but I think what, what you said in there was, was interesting and is interesting. And I think right on in that we learn at some point in time that we're not creative. right? You hear people say, I'm not creative. And what they believe at that point when they're saying that is that they're not artists. That they don't see them as, oh, I can't draw or I can't make music or I can't write poetry or whatever, fill in the blank. And I think that's really frustrating. And I think it says something about something somebody somewhere, all of us are doing with kids in education. And I think one of our guests on Kites and Strings, who isn't a teacher of art teachers, was talking about. She said, you know, they were giving an example of like they go into a group of kindergartners and they say, OK, everybody who's an artist, raise your hand and they would all raise their hand, which was a beautiful thing. And then they did it at third grade and about half would raise their hand. And then they did it in eighth grade and one or two would raise their hand. What happened to that that spark, that idea of being creative? Um, and, and that's the unfortunate thing. I will say and I think that this is something we would all say more readily than I am creative mm-hmm. and that's I am adaptive mm-hmm. or I can adapt and I think yeah. we as a species are adaptive right if we if we ended up just dropped in another continent tomorrow we'll figure out a way right. and I think that takes creativity I think the you know the person that I said this once in one of my podcasts, the guy who was sitting on a wet, hard stone and got up and decided to make a pillow, right? Okay. That was that. What, that What was creative. Um, and I, I think that that is a, hopefully more people embrace that idea.
0: Yeah, so a couple of things I want to kind of touch on there. One is the example with, well, the study they did, because yeah, it was actually a study when they asked the kids over the years, like if they were creative for mm-hmm. artists. And I, I give an example of this. So for instance, uh, and I have like a, a, just a drawing of an outline of a horse, right? Like a basic horse, mm-hmm. very simplistic, you know, primitive horse. And it's just blank. It's a white white piece of paper with a black outline. And if I handed it to you or any adult and said, oh, color in the horse, often the first of many people's, their first reaction would be to color it as a realistic horse. Mm-hmm. But if you gave it to a kid, it's going to be rainbow in purple in orange and fluorescent. But what happens is we don't we don't realize it because of adults. We've been kind of kept being told to step in line to to make mm-hmm. things a certain way, to make it realistic, to be serious. But if we but what happens then is if I gave that horse to the kid and and didn't say anything to the parent or teacher, they start saying, well, why is your horse purple? Horses are brown or black or polka dot right but so we start telling from an early age you need to step in line your your project can't be whatever you want to be and I'm not saying art we shouldn't do the same project sometimes but we are losing that ability to kind of use our intuition to say like well I want to take this clay and do this instead Mm -hmm. of it has to be Mm -hmm. a bowl and it has to be a perfect ball so I think that's what's happening right is we don't realize as adults that we're actually putting parameters around kids' creativity. So I think that's one right. thing as adults we have to stop doing, or, I mean, to some extent. Because right.
1: we love the product more than right. the process. Right. Well, right. I mean, we we're don't like... realize
0: what we're doing to children, and I don't mean we're purposely doing it. We're doing right, it because right. in our mind, we're thinking of the end result, not of the right, process. Right. Of the right. So I think that's something important to point out. The other thing you were talking about, how if people understood the definition of creativity is a little different than what they might have understood it to be and how you talked about being adaptive. It's kind of, well, two things. One, I think if we use the word creator, I'm Mm -hmm. a creator. Every person, everyone in humankind is a creator because even if you work a traditional job, you are creating Mm -hmm. something, a project, an end result. So people think creativity has to be like this most amazing thing. But at the end of the day, it just means that you're capable of taking an idea and kind of figure out a way to make it happen
1: yeah yeah you know
0: and so two things I think or saying like I'm a creative problem solver it doesn't mean like you said I don't have to make clay pots to be creative or be a creator I can still be a creator I can still have interesting ideas and then two like a good example of how how you're talking about being adaptive you know what was the movie with um, Matt Damon on Mars where oh he's a yeah
1: yeah 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 and he I has remember.
0: to like try to establish uh to be able to live there and then like make plants grow but i think right there's something happens catastrophic with the plants or so he almost runs out of everything so right, he, has he has to figure, to figure, out figure it what, out yeah and so that's being creative he had to use what he had the resources at his um, disposal because he was there there was no way to get him anything else for some time frame, mm-hmm. right? and he adapted he was flexible and he then used like what do I have? How can I put these disparate ideas together? And that's what creativity is. Mm-hmm. It's just saying, if I look all around me, what what can I put together that wasn't already figured out, or how can I use it different or new?
1: Right. You know? And I and I hope that anybody that would listen to this can think about those moments. Let's let's say the plumber or the electrician or whoever. Yeah. Every day they're faced with some type of puzzle, some type of problem, something that they need to figure out. And they have to tap into a creative side in order to make that happen. And I think that there's some that do recognize that. I think there's a lot that just kind of say, I'm just getting things done. But I I hope that they would stop and take a moment to think, well, no, that that was a creative thing I just did. You know, and, and to embrace it as such. And then also understand that 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 force is within within them and right. it can be used in all sorts of places, yeah. you know, and if they choose just to do it at work, that's fine too, but I'm sure they do it other in other places as yeah. well.
0: Yeah. And I think it's important for people to think about these things because I think it's like anything else. The more we use it, the more we try to be creative, adaptive, mm-hmm. you know, come up with things and we capture them, you know, so I know a lot of people, you know, especially in our spaces where we're trying to think about these things, we're trying to encourage people to do it you know, they write down like, oh, I have, I mean, I I put notes in my phone all the time. I have notebooks Mm -hmm. full of ideas, but I I grab them and I pull them in and and I don't always know how they're going to ever come to fruition. And they might not all, Mm -hmm. whether it's a book idea, a title of a book, whether it's an idea for a business, but I write them down, but I'm letting myself have the thought. Mm -hmm. And the Mm -hmm. more I do that, right. The more we do that, the more we get of those things, you know, because we're working that muscle, we're letting ourselves think, Oh my God, that could be such a great idea. Like this is how that could work, you know, and we just capture it. Even if, like you said, kites and string, that concept came to you a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And over time it developed into this other thing. Now you're doing as a podcast.
1: Right. Right. Well, and I think that if we, we recognize those moments and we, and we, I guess, a recognize them and throw as much water and fertilizer on them as possible, you know, validate them. Because I, I mean, I I admit that there I am lucky. I'm in a position, um, particularly where I'm at, where I have a lot of flexibility. It allows me to do things. I also get to do creative things in my job, right? I'm we're creating virtual trainings. We're doing things where I get to do the recordings and I do voice recordings and I write scripts and I so I get to do that. That's not every job. I know that there are some jobs that are pretty hard. To call them creative and and i do think that and i've had a few of those in the past too but but i also also think of a couple things one is if i have that decent job or whatever job it is that allows me to do whatever i need to do in my off time great right you work to live or you live to work we've heard that phrase i also think of you know i, I love the story of like john Prine, you know rest is, rest his soul but he was a he was a mail carrier for the longest time. And he said that's how he wrote his music while he was doing those things. That's I mean, my guess is if he had if he was delivering mail when there were iPods, we wouldn't have John Prime because he would have been listening to music. Right. Instead, he was sitting there writing things in his head and he was he was allowing those things to develop into something. And I think we all we all have that capacity and we all have our, our, you know, our whatever medium that we're going to end up working in. I think it varies from one person to the next. Well, I Um,
0: I think you actually brought up a really good point there. And then we'll kind of jump into sort of like some other, a couple other things. What's so important to me about what you said is if he was listening to his podcast and why that's important is most of the time for me, and I think this is true with a lot of people, I don't get, creative inspiration, right? Like that creative download, sitting at my desk when I'm being productive. It's mm. when I go on a walk. It's when I go out back to say I'm gonna take a little, like just be in nature, relax. That's when the all the thing I was working on or the idea I had earlier, it kind of hits me like, oh, oh, that's that's a good idea, you know, and I write it down, but it's not when I'm so busy sitting at my computer doing all the to-do list of things and the mm-hmm. the busy work, if you will, the production, the follow-up. It's when I actually get quiet,
1: yeah that's interesting. Husband.
0: He was driving his car he was he didn't have um distraction, I mean, I know he the was noise working, but in between right
1: yeah the noise yeah, in between
0: the lines uh-huh.
1: yeah, and I, I think that that's true, and I think that's and I've had moments like that myself when those those thoughts come to me, or you know i like it I said I'm a musician, I write music and and a line will come to me mm-hmm. right or or i've I've talked about this before where you know, somebody will say something in a session, you know, if I'm doing my, in my private practice, I'm like, Oh, that's a great line. And then I hurry up and I write that later, write that down. Um, And I think it's about being open to it. And I think that when you're out in those places where there's, there's not the distractions, then, then you can be open to it and you look for those things. I think sometimes when there are distractions, we need to just still be open for it because I think they're right. still out there. They just, it's all, it's all being overshadowed by the other noise. Right. You know, I agree. With I, you. I do think though, there are things that I do. I mean, there's certainly adulting stuff that I do that I yeah. don't want to do. It's like, sure. uh, for God's sake, that's the last thing I want to do. Putting together a grocery shopping list or, or paying the bills. That's, that right. stuff to me is no fun. Right. That said, if I'm doing something I think in service of one of my projects mm-hmm. and I've done this when i've when i even when I've figured out a spreadsheet and I'm doing a budget for something mm-hmm. that's a that's a very creative place for me, right. right or when I'm doing the busy work of whatever social media I'm trying to tap into, right. usually failing at that process, but just the process itself to right. me feels like a creative venture yeah um. So even sometimes that busy time is me just carrying out the creative part.
0: Yeah. and Well, I think what kind of what you're speaking to is even what I sort of referenced earlier, which is you can still be creative when you're doing problem solving, because it's, it's coming up with a solution that you personally didn't have a solution to before. So right. I'm the same. Like I use certain online project management tools. You could use spreadsheets. With Red Matter, I just happen to like those better. They have a little more yeah. functionality. Uh-huh. But me designing it, like what goes in here, what things can I change, right, to be able to make? And then I create automations. So while that's not creative uh-huh. in the sense of some other amazing idea, it's still creation. And so yeah. I'm still, in the end, I am ex, I am excited in that process of working on that because I had to come up with something for myself that I didn't that did not exist prior to that.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I I love that because it's it's this idea of making, right, yeah. creating or making yes. these things that we do. And I think there's all sorts of ways in which we end up, I guess, exercising that muscle, as you put it. I think the other thing that we do is if we think about our life as a composition, mm-hmm. right? We 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 have to have these different elements and we want to make sure that we still keep this color in there, right? What, let's call it color. Let, let's call this color the making, creating, you know, mm-hmm. color that's got to be in there somewhere. And sometimes, you know, we, we, and we want to keep it somewhat balanced. We want to put it, you know, in various places in our lives. And I think that that, you know, again, maybe I'm overusing the word creative, but as we, we develop our life and our lifestyle that I think in of itself is a creative process.
0: Yeah. Well, and here's the thing. We might be sitting here talking about creativity for 30 minutes, but Mm -hmm. too many people aren't talking about it and they don't realize the power that it has in their own lives and and then in the workplace and how much more, first of all, if everyone's rested, right? Like we don't get overworked, we're not burned out. And Mm -hmm. so if employers can do that, it's a big thing. But the other big thing is there are some companies that have figured this out, right? Um, Your Pixar's, your your Mm -hmm. Google's in some respect, I mean, even though they're big, they give their employees time to to work on their own passion projects. I mean, it's still tied to the company. I know that, but like they let them come and say like, Hey, I worked on this whole new short, right. And they can mm-hmm. do whatever they want mm-hmm. and they get credit for it, but it's like that. Right. And so to your point, I think that's, I think it's important to point that out is we're, we're talking about it because it is actually this resource, this tool we have that is so powerful. If people would tap into it more and if they'd understand, they're probably using it, maybe not to the full level they could be, but right, that's, right. that's why we think it's so important. And one, I know how important it is with in children right because if you if you can be curious if you can use this creativity it it lets them see all the possibilities i mean adults too but yeah available
1: yeah to them, you know? and i think i think it's important too because it does somehow get beat out of us at some point in time yeah. right because i think we we get into that place of focusing so much on the product and the sense that it doesn't look good it doesn't, it doesn't it isn't as good as what somebody else would do, and, and you talk about kids and and how it's really useful to to certainly encourage and give them all of that the support and the the kudos and the acknowledgement for giving it a try, right? And being brave enough to give it a try.
0: Yeah. Well, and there's this example that I've he- I've heard um, that was I've been somewhere in a talk where they've given this before, and I'll I probably won't do it exact justice, but I'll do my best there's basically, uh, I don't know if you've heard this before, there's a potter or there's two potters, right? The the project is like, go out and make this bowl. So the one potter works on making this perfect bowl, you know, so for months, you know, Mm -hmm. months there. So they might make different bowls because it breaks, it cracks, it doesn't work. So they keep making, but they're just trying to make this perfect bowl. So their work, they're focused on quality. Mm -hmm. The other potter with the same goal is just like, every day showing up and making more and more and more and more pots right they don't look all perfect they're not but it's quantity Mm -hmm. but the in the end of the day the person that did that had more quantity ended up with the better product product defined as like whatever the end result is but Mm -hmm. the reason the point of that story is that the person that did the quantity was because every day they weren't so worried that they had a perfect bowl they were going and doing the practice the art they showed up so instead of worrying about it being just right they They actually learned in the process of just doing the practice over and Mm -hmm. over Mm -hmm. that they figured out, oh, this bottom breaks. This thing does that because they weren't so worried about perfectionism that they could actually do more of their art.
1: Right. Right. And then get closer to that, whatever, quote unquote, perfectionism looks like inadvertently almost because they weren't trying to get there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And kind of like the artist that never finishes the one huge piece of artwork because they kind of start, but it's never right. Instead of Mm -hmm. like, okay, well, yeah, maybe it's not in my mind what I want, but I'm going to keep making more art, you know, more art installations or paintings or whatever.
1: Mm It's Mm -hmm. sort of a similar idea, you know? Yeah. I, you know, and I think that going back to that idea of, I mean, there's a few things, a lot of things here that we're obviously saying, but when I think of individuals who kind of just get, sort of stuck in the, I'm not creative, I don't, I don't do creative things. And they seem to just be maybe stuck in that I have this to do, or I have this to do. And, and they don't view any of that as making or creating. Um, And I wonder if it has more to do with just not stopping and taking the time and recognizing it as such. So obviously, that's our, our hope is that people do more of that. I also think that if we can, and, and I guess this is if there's something that I've accomplished uh, you know, in my life, it certainly is not, you know, huge houses and man, you know, mansions and boats and and wealth, but it's certainly having a a lifestyle where it's really hard to tell the difference between when I'm playing and working. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's kind of a mindset thing as much as anything else you know, and there's people that will look at what I'm doing. And if I'm working on a task that has something to do with the job that pays me money, they're like, oh, now he's working. Right. But if I'm playing the guitar or if I'm writing a song or if I'm working on the podcast or whatever it might be, they're like, well, that's play. It's like, oh, no, it's all the same. <laughs> you know?
0: well, I think at the end of the day, right? Are we, are you doing something that Either benefits you or it serves others, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, hopefully, it does both, right? Like, you write a song, and at some point, hopefully, it serves someone, right? It, someone yeah. got to hear it, you know, if if, um, if they're able. What I would ask you, though, is so you were talking about like a lot of people don't think they're creative, and we talked about that, but what about how do we step into like letting our dream form? I loved that you sort of mentioned that earlier. You oh, know, so yeah. What would you leave people with, like, how can we kind of get them to not be afraid, right? To take that step to something new, to let an idea, even to Let themselves
1: think of an idea and let it germinate, and then how do we let it form? Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I do. I I mean, I think that I think that we, when we get an i, when that idea pops in, and we we allow it to grow, right? We do what we can to let it grow, to germinate, as you mentioned, and to let that dream form. I think it's important to give it its time to do that, Mm -hmm. right? To get excited about something. Now, there's certainly going to be time and place for you to get into the weeds as far as the barriers go right because there's going to be barriers to things that we want to develop without a doubt and we'll have to tackle those things and we'll have to deal with those things and and in that process we may come up with a whole new creation or direction but but I think that it's important that we we let a a dream grow and I think that this is important too is like who we who we surround ourselves with at, at that time. We've all had those moments where it's like, I have this great idea and you introduce it to somebody and out of their fear or worry or whatever, the first thing they do is throw a wet rag on it and say, you can never do this because of this or this. So they throw up a bunch of of barriers and um, that could kill an idea instantly. I think that it's important to find those people that are going to get excited with you and riff off of that idea and and think about this and yeah, and we can do this and we can yeah and do this. And it may be all unrealistic, you know, whatever it is, right, at that moment. But I think we need to get that steam up. We need to get let that power, that that passion grow in order to drive us past those barriers or or help us deal with those barriers that we're gonna encounter.
0: Absolutely, I think it's a really good point, and I think one, I think we should capture that idea or ideas, and yeah, I do think it takes some time just in our own thoughts and minds to germinate, and then do mm-hmm. a little do a little trial and error and digging before you go announce it to anybody, really, right? Mm-hmm. Like you sure. said, I want to play the guitar, and doesn't mean you have to go tell people I want to play the guitar. Like go play a guitar, like strum mm-hmm. it. Doesn't mean you know how to play it yet. Right? But see how it feels. Get excited about that next little bit, that next little action. And mm-hmm. to your point, once you start feeling more confident, like, yeah, I really like that. Like I went and watched a band. I really liked that. Right. Like you mm-hmm. start taking those little tiny actions. And I think yeah. as you do, you'll be firm in your own mind that you want to step towards the thing. You might not right. know exactly how.
1: right? And, and most then of share times, it with some
0: people that maybe you're doing similar things or people that to your point in there, in your life are doing at least something different, because right. when you tell people that. Maybe have just stayed in their same, and this is nothing wrong with this, their same Mm -hmm. career their whole lives, or have never done anything that you consider kind of out of the ordinary. They may, they might not, they maybe shouldn't be your first person. Like, for instance, my husband supports what I do, all the different stuff I've, you know, gotten into. But he has had the same career and he will till he retires, Mm -hmm. you know, and he's good with that. And that's great. You know, like you said, it's the kite in the string. Like one of us is going to be like trying lots of stuff. It's better if he's not probably. Yeah. Yeah. But he's not the first person necessarily before, like, i be thinking about an idea because it's going to take him time to get to the point where he gets it. Like the process longer. Mm -hmm. But just Mm -hmm. an example. You know, I should probably go start like understanding the idea, get around people that are doing that thing so I can start figuring out, like, is that the direction I want to go in before I just blurt out an idea? Right. Like right. without any real thought about it.
1: Right. So, and there's no and there's usually little or no cost to doing those first steps. Right. right? We're, right. Not, We're saying, not saying go
0: invest $50,000 in something. Yeah. We're just saying go start seeing if you like it or post mm-hmm. a video on right. social or, you know, go take a little class, you know, yeah. or ask somebody to teach you something.
1: Right, right, and and it's just getting your your feet wet. Now you may find out you get in there and you're not willing or able to make the sacrifice, or right. or you get into it and you're like, well, that's not as fun as what I thought it would be. You know, um you know, I've talked to people like they with the guitar, it's like, oh, geez, I I just can't get past the fact that it hurts. Well, it doesn't hurt to push a key on a piano. Would that? Help you feel the same feeling, you know. Right, right. Maybe there's another avenue that you can take, but you won't know it until you take that first step, right? Whether you need to to either keep going forward with that idea or veer a little left or veer a little right in order to to tap into whatever feeling it is that you you hope to achieve when you do those things.
0: Um, yeah, absolutely. So let me ask you, Steve, mm-hmm. what would you want to leave people with as far as just like the last words of you know, just to encourage people to kind of go after their best life, go do new things and, you know, just kind of define their future for themselves.
1: You know, I, I think of, I think the idea of like jump in is the idea, jump in and do it. And certainly you're going to do it in a measured way. If you're anxious about it or whatever, you're going to be measured, but jump in and realize that you have the capacity to dig yourself out of whatever hole you might dig yourself into, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I, I, and I remember when I, I forget exactly the setting, but I remember it being a pretty bright moment in, in like a meeting and, and we were kicking and we were hesitating about whether we were gonna go this path with this program we were developing. And I'm like, and my thinking is like, you know, this is me and two other people were talking. it was like, yeah, maybe we'll go down a path and we find out it won't be where we want to go. But we're three smart enough people that can figure out how to put it in reverse or make it okay, right? right? We're not going to, it's not going to be so detrimental that that we're not going to survive beyond this. Um, yeah. And I think that that's the thing that people don't give themselves credit for is yeah. problem solving out of something that isn't ideal.
0: Yeah. And just a um, conversation I had earlier today for the podcast, when I was talking to the gentleman, he we were talking about the the what if most of us go what if what if my car crashed what if I lost the money what if right? so we go to a negative context with that what if statement but you know like he was explaining if we switched it if we reversed it much like what you're saying but what if we said right the positive version of that what if I succeeded
1: mm-hmm. what if
0: this one little step gave me the next step the courage to do the next step so mm-hmm. if we just change the context to your point like. What's so bad if I do this, I'll have learned something I'll have. Even if I heard a lady talking the other day, she lost money because she trusted somebody to do this big, huge online social media effort for she was doing an e-commerce business. Mm-hmm. She lost $30,000. When I say lost, I shouldn't say that. she he spent $30,000 of her money in him her paying him. But the answer is it put this fire under her, not saying she wanted that to happen. And she ended up making up $30,000 four months later, like within four months. But yeah. she was already on the path. That was not something she wanted to have happen. But she also then realized, I have to get the money back. Like, I have to make the money. She was already on the path of figuring out this, like, new business of hers. Mm-hmm. It's like that. Even that sounds pretty terrible for a lot of us. Like, I don't want to lose $30,000. But you know what? She figured it out. To your point, she stopped doing what she's doing. She got her last money's money back from this person. And then she went hardcore with what she had already learned. Mm-hmm. And she figured it out and she made And now she's made so much money since then, you know, right. over a year and a half, but it's just a setback. It's a place where you have to stop and say, what, st- why is not my strategy working? What's not working and still keep going with just the altered. Something's altered.
1: Right. Nobody died. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> right? And you, I mean, you
0: came out of it on the other end. Actually, much she came out much better later. Right, right. Not I, I,
1: I am a big believer in that, which does not kill you, makes you stronger. Right. And the Nietzsche, I think who said that, and it's like, we will learn from it and we will figure it out. Will it possibly be a big mistake? Will we possibly lose money? Yeah. Will we maybe, you know, do something that was stupid? Certainly, you know, might we do something that, who knows, think of the consequence, but we'll get past that and we'll right. figure it out.
0: Well, I, usually I we're wiser for it, right? Like next right. time, if we made a certain, something happened, well, we, it could, we can call it a mistake or not, but there's a learning from it that usually you become wiser in your future choices doesn't Mm -hmm. mean you don't make a similar choice you just go is this risk is this the right risk or do i need a different risk you know or whatever so yeah
1: Yeah. so i think that's a i think that's a good way to look at and i i also think too that you know i don't this is me thinking you know uh, uh, about um this is just me thinking about what I, what I want out of life, right? This idea, the whole idea of money won't make you happy. You know, certainly, you know, if there's been studies that if you're, if you're way, way, way low, yes, money will make you money, but but make you happy. But after a certain amount and it's a pretty low number and I don't know what the number has been adjusted to at this point, after a certain amount, it doesn't make a difference. And, and if you you really think about what will make you happy is um, getting to be your own self, right? Autonomy is a hugely, it's such an important component, right? Absolutely. Having fun, being autonomous, living the life that you want to live That's right. um, and and tapping into that creative part of you that mm-hmm. sort of matches what you, what you think and feel is correct.
0: That's right. Absolutely. Know? I love it. So Steve, let us or tell us, share with us, how can people connect with you online and learn about all the things you have going on?
1: Certainly. Well, certainly wherever you podcast, check out Pite, kites and strings. Um that's and is actually spelled out, kites and strings. And we're at kitesandstrings.com is our website. And we're on Facebook at kites and strings podcast. And and on Instagram, I guess it's kites underscore and underscore strings. So you can find us on Instagram there. I'll be honest with you. Our social media is not quite there yet, but we're working on it. That's the stuff we're learning. Uh, so definitely check us out. Listen listen to us. I think um, we have some really cool um, episodes. We interview artists from all around the world. And uh, that's been such a blast. We're, In fact, later on today, I'm interviewing a corporate artist turned lego sculptor and that's going to be way fun and um so yeah check us out
0: that sounds like a lot of fun so thank you once again for being with us today and taking the time i appreciate it and i look forward to connecting with you again on creativity and creativity and all these good things
1: cool 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 me too thanks a lot kristen
0: uh I did love the conversation with Steve today because I am so passionate about how we can use creativity and curiosity, play, and our imaginations in our lives, even as adults, to just really design the best life that we could ever imagine. And I want to share this quote with you from uh, Seth Godin. He uses the word art, whether you call it art or creativity Uh, You know, I think the quote kind of hit home for you, though, kind of the converse about the conversation we had today. He says, art is too important a term to be used just for painters and sculptors and playwrights and actors and architects of a certain type. No, I think we need to broaden it to graphic designers and salespeople and bosses to lay preachers, to gifted politicians and occasionally to the guy who sweeps the floor. Art is a human act, something that's done with the right sort of intention. Art is when we do work that matters in a creative way, in a way that touches them and changes them for the better. And I think that's sort of what Steve and I were trying to get at today. We are all artists. We're all creators. We're all makers. And we're all have this beautiful ability to imagine solutions, to be creative problem solvers, and just to imagine a life we want and go and design it or build it or go after it. So I just want to encourage you to do that in your own life. You're your own architect of your life. And I love this one last thing that I want to share with you. Robert Coles says, we all need empty hours in our lives or we will have no time to create or dream. And I find that so true. You have to have space in your mind when it's not so filled with every to-do list and every negative thought so that you can create and dream and build amazing things both ideas and, and, you know, build a beautiful life that you love. I think we do need to know what we want in order to define life on our terms. And we have to be willing to break the past scripts so that we can move into better and more beautiful and amazing things. And if you're looking to figure out what it is you can go after, what creative pursuit you can start, jump on over to my website at kristinfitch.com and go under resources there is a no-limits, create, scale, and monetize your creative passion printable PDF that I would love for you to grab and start taking uh, your dreams seriously and get let's get going. You can start going after your dreams today. And if you enjoyed the show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe and leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you have ideas for the show or guests that you'd like to recommend, I'd love to hear from you. So DM me on Instagram at Kristen Fitch, or you can email me from the website. Thanks so much. And thanks again for listening in. Until next time, have a great week.